This is Chris from 13 Sign, and you're listening to Misery Point Radio. Get it. for joining me again on Misery Point Radio in what will be the last new episode of 2019. That's right. I need to take December off to prepare for the new year. Got some new things in store, some cool things planned. So I figured what better way to close out the year than to take another journey across the globe and bring you a badass interview from the UK. I'd also like to give a quick shout out to my UK followers because you amazing motherfuckers are the fastest growing region for listens and downloads coming in number two only behind the US where I'm based. So thanks UK. So today's guest is a gent named Chris Hubbard, one of the founding members of UK metal band 13th Sign, a band I've only recently discovered myself. And let me tell you, these dudes kick some serious metal ass. Not satisfied to be categorized into one of the many sub-genres of metal, this band crosses all lines and dives headfirst in all directions, giving you the best of all worlds. From pristine cleans to a full-on brutal death metal assault. Trust me, there is no shortage of originality and ingenuity in this band. And Chris is a super down-to-earth dude who honored me with an in-depth chat about the origins of the band, how they live outside of the confines of traditional genres, and how they continue to develop and progress as songwriters. And in a crazy, unexpected turn of events, Chris dropped a bombshell, an exclusive tidbit of juicy news, dropped here first, just for you folks, the amazing listeners of Misery Point Radio. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, you're going to have to listen to the whole thing, but I promise you, it's worth it. So get ready to close out this year with a fucking bang It is, as I always say, piles of awesomeness. So please welcome to Misery Point Radio from 13th Sign, guitarist Chris Hubbard. Chris, thanks for joining me on the show, brother. Good to have you here. Uh, Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, all the way from the UK. So where exactly are you in the UK? Uh, I'm based in Norfolk. So if you look at a map of Great Britain, the, the slopey east coast angling down and there's a big lump off the right hand side and i'm in the big lump you're in the big lump in england yes <laughs> so uh, called worse. what what is that area known for uh what's it known for uh it's very agricultural uh, a lot of farms it's very fat um famous for farming turkeys a lot turkeys awesome hey well yes how appropriate since uh since we're coming up on national kill all the turkeys day <laughs> that's more your end than mine but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah right so hey i'm trying to learn some new phrases maybe you can help me out with a couple of them <laughs> <laughs> like taking the piss I've, I've heard this now thrown out 20 or 30 times and i have gotten like 20 or 30 explanations so what the hell does that mean taking the piss taking the mick um making a joke out of your friends when they've cocked up and you know made a mistake uh so it's like talking shit. Um, gen- um, yeah, I suppose to to a certain degree. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it's just just letting them know they've made a mistake and making sure you're not going to forget it in in the next few days for certain. Got it. All right, keeping the ribbon going. <laughs> that will do nicely. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, well, I uh, I see you're wearing your Seahawks shirt. Um, so how how does somebody all the way on your on your side how do you how do you come to uh, be a Seahawks fan? I'm in Seattle, so for me it's it's the hometown boys. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it, it's when, when it first came over onto UK telly. Um, I think it was about eighty five, eighty six. Um, I was only about I was about twelve, something there. Uh, I guess I'm just dry upon it on telly. I was a big kind of what you would call soccer fan at the time. And I suppose I was just curious to think of well, what what do they do that's kind of different? I figured it was the same all over the all over the globe. Tuned in to see some kind of slight variation on soccer. Obviously found something completely different. Um, and I just sat and watched the whole program. And I can remember thinking, I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on here. But it's brilliant. And I love it. <laughs> so I then kind of tuned in for the next four weeks or whatever it was. 
eventually got a grasp of the basics and I thought, this is awesome. I, I'm going to have to pick a team. And I can't remember where, but I can remember seeing like a display of like all, all the team names and all the logos. And at that time, I had no idea who was good, who was bad, anything. So I just looked around and I thought, that looks cool. Like the bird's head logo. I thought, I'm stumped with them. I'll stick with them through thick and thin. I've no idea whether they're, whether they're good or bad. And I stuck with them through thick or thin. Um, to be fair, up until a few years ago, there was considerably more thin than there was thick. <laughs> but um, God bless Pete Carroll. And then finally woke up. So woohoo. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks for showing support to, uh, to my team over here this way as well. Definitely. That's awesome. So unexpected surprise. That's pretty killer. So, uh, so before we go too far, then uh, let's give a shout out to the other members of your band who aren't here with us today. Okay. Um, well, you start with me, who's rhythm guitar. Okay. You would then have Reno, who's our vocalist. Uh, Reno's been with us for, I don't know, about 18 months or so now, possibly a wee bit longer. Um, we've got a cool guy called Dave Thomas, who's our now bass player. Dave can do all sorts of crazy stuff when he needs to, so he's cool. Uh, you've got Dale, who... who is our lead guitarist, um, who I, we just get on brilliant as two pairs of guitarists. We're very LinkedIn, very tight. And what's really good about Dale is he's got no ego whatsoever, which is incredibly rare for a lead guitarist. Yeah. And then the piece of the puzzle is my old mate Lloyd on drums, who I have been playing in bands with since what seems like the year dot now. Um, I first met Lloyd when Lloyd was, I think, 13, and he was playing in the same same band. We were kind of really desperate for a drummer, and there seemed no one else about. And a friend of a friend suggested, oh, I know this this kid who's quite good. He's only 13. And I can remember the first audition he came to, and he kind of played through the basics for the for the songs on the night, and it was kind of like, well, he seems okay, but we were kind of desperate at the time. So it's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go with you. And he I remember him saying, can I just run through that first song once more time? I was like, yeah, okay, show some enthusiasm, it'll be good. And um, he suddenly, it's like it suddenly absorbed all the material. And the final run through that, he just blitzed through this song again. And we just kind of stood there shouting, like, where the hell did that come from? I've been hanging around with him, making his life a pain in the ass ever since. So... The 13th Sign started in about 2005, and so its origins, was that the project called Skeletal Embrace? Is that what you're referring to? Ooh, someone's done their homework. I did a little they? bit of homework, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that, 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 the first Skeleton Brace demo, uh, Lloyd says 98, I said 99, but you're talking about there. Um, yeah, we released, we did three demos on that, worked our way through. Um, we then kind of linked up with a, a, someone who was kind of manager-ish. They thought Skeleton Embrace is a name didn't reflect how metal the music was so they suggested we change our name at that point and eventually we ended up with 13th sign which we're all happy with which generally when you're trying to think of a name it's not what's the coolest name it's one you can all put up with and agree with more than anything. right but we all like that and we went with it and um yeah we after that point we then recorded what was to become the first album and then after that got signed to the first album so okay. what what is the 13th sign what's the significance of that name <clears throat> You just pull out of your ass, or does it actually mean something? The, the significant, well, the significance to us is there's the twelve signs of the zodiac. Okay, but there's also seems to be this this there's apparently thirteenth signs of the zodiac, which very few people seem to know about. Thirteenth sign is apparently a fuchsia, which apparently is the serpent bearer which obviously has wonderfully dark metallic type connotations. Very metal. So we were kind of like, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, I suppose it kind of rung a bit of a bell in the sense that it's also a bit of the, the kind of hidden forgotten one that gets pushed aside. We, we kind of feel like we, we get ignored a little bit and a little bit pushed aside. We've got a chip on our shoulder about that, <laughs> which we don't mind. So it kind of fits in with well, really. So it's good fit around. Awesome. So did you know that there is another band called 13th Sign from Mexico. I didn't. All I can say is that I know when we came up with 13th Sign originally, we checked 
Google out to see if there was another before we officially named it, and there wasn't there. No, these so guys are they're the copy. Yeah, these guys are new. They're totally ripping you off. Uh, Actually, they don't have any songs posted anywhere, but they just have the name out there. I thought it was funny. I was thinking you guys could have about all the bands, and and the the winner takes the name, and the loser has to become a boy band. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but so, well, we pretty make more money as a boy yeah, band, so that and you're might all, not necessarily be a bad thing. You're all quite pretty, so you know. I guess you've got that going for you. We're all pretty ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so your style of music. Let's talk about that for a little bit. It's very, it's original, and, and what I mean by that is it clearly takes a lot of influences from a lot of genres. At one point. It's got a power metal vibe to it. At another point, it's straight up death metal. And then at another point, it's thrash. And it, it reminds me of that heyday when when those three kind of elements of music started coming together and you have like clean vocals and death vocals and thrash vocals. And now now the industry has got a lot of pretty much just, you know, grunts and growls and things like that. But you guys have yeah. all of those elements in your music. I mean, I hear you know, creator at the gates, arch enemy, nevermore, um, you know, forbidden, you know, Queensryche, dream theater, all of those elements I hear in your guys' music. And, and, uh, when I first started listening, I was like, wow, there's just so much going on. So how, what kind of bands were you guys listening to? How did you, how did you form, you know, what were your influences? I'd love to hear about kind of the origin of how you guys defined your sound. <clears throat> well, the first thing I'd say is I go along with what old Chuck Children has said years ago, which was forget all the subgenres. Forget it all. It's yeah. just me- just metal. It's all just metal. Just love it and enjoy it, whatever you want to do, but don't kind of pin it apart. What I also kind of found is you'll <clears throat> what we had years ago. We'd we'd be playing a certain song, and there'd be someone would say to us, "Well, uh, you're not really kind of for a thrash crowd, or you're not really melodic enough for." A power metal crowd, or you're, you're too fast for a trad metal crowd, and yet you go to probably the majority of metalheads. They'll they'll all have a Creator album, a Maiden album, um, a Priest album. Uh, yeah, people's metal fans don't necessarily just listen to just black metal, just death metal, just power. Metal. They will listen to them all. So why why would they not? listen to one band kind of doing it do all of that <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i um, i love it so I... as far as the yeah as far as the influences go for how it kind of started uh it, it as you say it is a mishmash of everything it's like well, why can't we try and do everything you know who the fuck's going to pay any attention to that you just <laughs> you just try and hone it a bit better um when we certainly first started there was um Sh- slaughter the souls in their big time. There's no doubt that, but that influence. But again, I grew up on, on Maiden, on Priest, on Metallica, the, the classic bands, <clears throat> the choruses. Um, the whole point of a chorus of having a song is a hook to remember. Yeah, you don't want it too cheesy, you don't want it too sweet, but a hook is a hook. As you said, they've got some brilliant choruses with great hooks. They're not necessarily sweet, they're not necessarily anthemic like Maiden, but they've got good hooks, and there's various different ways you can do it basically having something which could be considered fast, aggressive, heavy, but have enough melody to have a hook and have a good enough chorus to keep with them. And certainly when you're, you know, starting out, you need the slightest advantage. Hopefully one good chorus for all you know could be what does it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're, you guys have a lot going on. I mean, there's... um you're you've got harmony parts you've got awesome fast rhythm parts in fact some of your rhythms sound almost like leads they're so technical and there's lots of layering going on i absolutely love the way that that the guitars play different parts um which is something that i always thought was was cool about bands where if you've got two or more guitarists and they're all doing something different uh, as opposed to having you know two guitarists that just play the exact same thing the entire time except for one solo i love to hear the the different dynamics and you guys have definitely a lot of dynamics uh going on so how does your how does your songwriting process work does one person just bring something to the table and you guys all feed off of it or do you have designated writers or what's the process like for Um, y'all it's kind of morphed and progressed as the albums have gone on certainly that first start it was basically me it was it was the, the chris show um 
I managed to, you know, get a lot of great local musicians who were willing to put up with my, my shit. <laughs> and they went along with it, learnt it, went, did what basically I said. Um, but then by the time we got to the second album, partly they they knew what I liked, they knew what I wanted, they were happy with that, they liked it as well. And also, you know, you've, you've built a camaraderie so that, that you know you can trust them. So they then start chipping in little bits and little bits. And as it's progressed through the albums, it's become... I'm still probably the main songwriter, um, but I would kind of say now, as opposed to... Whereas I used to write all the riffs, all the melodies, all the lyrics. Um, okay. Now, a lot more a case of, I'll, I'll write the chassis, so we've got something to start with. And I'll then throw it out to the guys. Um, we'll jam through the songs, and everyone will throw in little bits, little ideas, change this, do that. Oh, fuck, you've written the same riff again, Chris. Fuck's sake, do something different. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, so, and, and, you know, it, it's become a lot more of a group effort now. It's, it's, it's still me kind of getting the ball rolling, but I'm kind of the sponge there, the icing on the cake. Okay. So it still kind of starts with you, but then everybody else uh, puts their puts their components into it, and then it, it kind of morphs into one work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's only 12 notes on the fretboard, so I, I'll i go through the same kind of thing. Oh, it's that harmony again. Oh that scale again oh, we love that do something fucking different okay fine so i then go back and read it so without their input and their ideas on top i just started to get me but they they're putting in their ideas which and that's the, that's the best part when i'll come up with something which is a good chassis and then someone suggests oh try to do this put this on top and all of a sudden you think wow that's awesome i'd have never thought of that and that's 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 the beauty of it yeah. Your songs range anywhere from four minutes to close to 12 minutes. Um, when you start out, do you plan on songs being in a certain range or, or how do you piece together your components to, to end up with such a, a wide variety of song lengths? Well, as far as four minutes to 12 minutes, there ain't many four and there's probably more a lot longer. Um, yeah. Don't really tend to shy away from doing longer songs. We're happy to do longer songs if people have to listen to them. Um, yeah. It's good to have short songs. For radio purposes, a lot of people will only play up to a certain length, which does tend to shoot us in the arse a bit because we don't have many. Um, <laughs> as far as... There, there, there's no formula. I've, I've always said for years, um, I might say we kind of... I write songs. I always feel like the songs have kind of got a life of their own. It's more like... And this is going to sound a bit hippie new age... I'm more of a conduit. I don't really write them. The 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 ideas are kind of there, and they just kind of sprawl out of my head and in my fingers, and and they just kind of expand. And I just kind of have to go for the go with the flow. There's many a time, you know, oh, I'd love to do a song like this, and I'll start off perhaps with one riff that kind of sounds like what I intended, and it'll morph into something completely different. And you've got no control over what's coming. Anything could come out, and it's just seeing where it goes. And that that's that's the really cool bit for me. Yeah, awesome. And when you write, do you does the music come first, uh, and then you put the lyrics to the music, or do you have a an idea of a story in your head, and then you try to fit the music to the story? Again, it, it's it's kind of morphed over the years. Um, when I was kind of writing all the lyrics in the start, um, I used to prefer to have the lyrics first and work the music around that. Um, okay. But as it's kind of moved on, I've written less lyrics, so it's kind of become music first, lyrics second. You need to be work with what lyrics come out. You need the, the lyrics to work as well in their own entity, not just be, you know, just crap words just for the sake of fitting with a certain yeah. riff. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 morphed over the years. Uh, there's clearly no official formula. I mean, there's no, it's not a standard verse chorus verse with you guys. It's definitely its own living, breathing beast, which is one of the things that stands out to me is that you do have choruses and you do have bridges, but they don't come at times that you would think the standard formula calls for. So you're definitely thinking outside of the box in that sense, which, which I definitely appreciate. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it... It's nice just to be a little less predictable. Um, a couple of people have kind of said there's a bit of proggy elements, but I, I, I'd never qualify as proggy just because there's the odd peculiar time signature in there, and there's 
you know, a, a riff that you wouldn't expect, or there's a verse delayed, or there's a few different bits different. You know, many of the classic thrash bands did that. That that's not probably yeah. just kind of tricky things a little bit, a um, little bit more interesting, a little bit more um, unusual. Keep you on your toes. Um, I would say probably the way the new we're we're currently nearing the end of writing the new album, album number four, and awesome. and that's kind of there's some crazy stuff in that as well. There's there's some more standard song patterns in that which sometimes you can make it too awkward and too different for the sake of it sometimes if you to flow normal and that's how it works best you just gotta go with it yeah what do you guys use for song topics is there uh is there something that you you draw from regularly or is it just kind of everyday life things <laughs> it, it seems like every album there's been at least one song to do with armageddon yeah <laughs> um, I don't Very know metal. why that is. I, I I think it's probably because and, and it tends to be the epics, the the epic songs, the, the 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 ten minutes, the eleven minutes, the twelve minutes. I think it's probably because you're you're trying to think of something which lyrically is as epic as the music could be, and there's not probably that many topics which tend to literally pull that off. We like to try and put as much thought into the lyrics as we can, as we do with the music, to try and keep that level. <clears throat> there's there's songs on there to do with splitting up with girlfriends, becoming a dad, um, cartoon stuff, comic book stuff. There's, there's all stuff, it's kind of stuff on there. Um, would you, would you want, do you want a, an exclusive? Yes, drop an exclusive just for us. I've been I've been told specifically I can't tell you what it's about because I've got to keep that hush because otherwise we're cool. But okay, new album number four is going to be a concept album. Awesome. Which is an absolute massive fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> Meaning <laughs> that all songs will be related to each other and tell a cohesive story? All songs are related to a real life events and stories. Okay. And uh, are you taking those real life events and doing any fictionalization to them? Or are you kind of telling them as is and organizing them in a fashion that just makes linear sense? You probably could do with Lloyd on the on the on on the on the phone for this one because Lloyd has written all the lyrics. He works incredibly hard on this. This is kind of one of his his babies, one of his to- the topics that he's kind of had with him for years and years and years. And he's always wanted to do something around it. Probably just individual songs. Um, but as we kind of move towards um, number four, we we kind of felt we wanted to do something bigger and different. And the idea just kind of crept up and was like, shall we do this? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've, I've kind of just let, let him loose for the lyrics, and he's kind of been in charge of this next one, which if, if it fucks up and it sounds awful, it's his fault. Um, <laughs> no pressure, but, Lloyd. Um, yeah. Um, but he's, he's in charge of this one. He's done all the lyrics, and every, every line has a reason. Every line is relevant to a part of the story. Every line is, is relevant to an actual fact that happened. Oh, that's crazy. That's awesome. So it's funny that you, you brought that up at this at this uh, juncture because I was going to talk about possible new material here uh, later on, but you beat me to the punch. So um, you have three full-length LPs out now. you got a couple of EPs out, and it looks like you guys do, you know, every couple of years or something new. So clearly it was time for some new material. Is there a – when you're thinking about doing new stuff, is it one of these things where you say, hey – it's probably time for us to do this or does it just kind of grow through the songwriting process and all of a sudden now you've got a bunch of material that needs a place to go? We're constantly writing. I'm certainly constantly writing. So whilst we're constantly writing and have been ever since the release of the last one, the songwriting process and because of the way the lyrics are as well, because they're so involved, is such a lengthy, time-consuming process. It's, it's just simply that it's now getting to this point where... Perhaps, <clears throat> I suppose about a year ago now, now we consciously start right. We've now got enough. Let's start practicing. Let's start definitely writing it. Um, it's just simply this is the, the the quickest we've been able to get around. We just work really. Stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and coupled with the fact that I saw some videos of some studio outtakes, you guys did just tons of layers, tons of multi-tracking tons of things going on i think i saw at one point there was a there was a layer that had like what 18 guitar tracks or something on it on one song oh yeah yeah, yeah. probably i think that was the 
title track of Evolution's End, like the the the, the clean guitars, there was loads of added little bits in there, and it was. Uh, um, I think Adam, who was the guitarist at the time, Adam bits money. He said, "Are you okay with doing it?" So, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's make it as full and as big as we can. Yeah, don't don't hold back. Give it everything you've got. I could just imagine that that process in the studio <laughs> with how long that would have taken and just just the just the mixing of that element alone must have been a complete fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> well, the, the guy who we used for, for the production was actually um, is Adam's brother, Matt. Um, so he, he can directly for that one. Oh, awesome. So over the last few years. I, I listened to what I could of your material, kind of going back to the old stuff and then bringing it back in to uh, your most current stuff with Evolutions End there. Um, the style has stayed the same, but as you've progressed as musicians, musicians, you can definitely hear the progression of you know the quality of the recordings and things like that. So with this new album that you're working on, are you going to try any new uh, new tricks? Are you going to you got something new up your sleeve besides it being conceptual? Have you thought about taking it into different directions as you kind of hinted at? We're going to be adding some orchestration on this one. I'm oh, not saying sweet. it's necessarily going to be. I don't think we're going to turn it into Dimmu Borgir or anything. But or um, we, we, yeah, but um, there's we, we've had the odd little hint of it in certain songs. We've kind of dabbled our the water with with little bits of orchestration on, on, on a couple of the albums. Um, and due to the, 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 the beauty of recording technology and how, what we managed to do, and we, we, I'm not saying it's a definite, but we're definitely, um, we're certainly not relying on the orchestration to make the songs what they are. The songs have been written and practiced in a live environment with the five guys sweating out in a room. So we know that they work in a live environment Adding in some orchestration, we will see how it goes. We'll add in some little tip bits here and there, some more than others. I think it can only add, certainly to the, the, the conceptual nature of the album. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing, and it's, it's, I'm sure it's going to be quite the undertaking. Do you know people on the orchestral side? Do you already have uh, musicians kind of picked out, or is this something that's going to come you know, right there at the last minute? Um... We haven't necessarily got any musicians in mind or anything, but we, we, we have a little side door that we're kind of open on. I, I, won't, let you, I won't let you in on the secret because it's far too boring. It'd be a, be a, um, be a bit of an under, underestimation, but we'll, we're, we're going to see what happens. Man, that is killer. Can't wait to check that out. And now I think it's a good time to check out one of your songs. So I think what we're going to do, bring the listeners back to 2012 off the album Rise of the Black Angel, this song called Implosion.
You guys have had some uh, a few lineup changes, a couple new guitarists here and there. And the thing with changing vocalists, which is often very damaging for bands, seems to not have really hurt you guys. So how has the approach been as you've moved uh, vocalists and vocal styles over the last few years? Well, when, when our original vocalist, Dean, when he originally left the band, um, we kind of said to ourselves, let's... Let's see if we can. We'd, we'd have loved to have had some some clean vocals for doing the big kind of trad metal choruses that I said about earlier. So at that point, we said, "Well, let's let's look who's about." We know it's a rare thing. We know we'd be really lucky to find someone that could do it. Um, but let's give it a go. This this is the perfect to see what's it. and it nearly didn't 
come out. It was very close to things not working out, but we were lucky to find Rob when we did. And um, Rob was brilliant and gave us everything exactly what we wanted. We, we wanted the ground. We got the, the, the classic Maiden-esque kind of style of the, that powerful singing. Um, and that, certainly with Evolution's End, helped to take that in a whole, not different level. We always wanted the band to kind of start that but just because of what Dean was capable of and what Rob was capable of meant we could actually take it further how we intended it from the first place um, and again then when, when Rob left we were then back on, on the hunt to see if we could again see if we could find someone that could do the growling and singing and again we were lucky to find Reno um, and that's that. it's been great even if it was just for being able able to produce the Evolution's End songs the way that everyone expects to hear them when they're played live. He's capable of doing that regardless of what happens on the next album. It's, it's not going to devalue. If people were to hear the songs from Evolution's End with the clean vocals live and there was no vocals even close to what Rob did, it would sound like he was doing them an injustice. So it, it, was, it was worth finding someone that could continue the, the abilities for that reason Obviously, going into album number four, we kind of hope he's going to be able to add in some other great things of his own style then. And again, we see where things go. Yeah, he's he's capable of doing kind of those uh, those death growls and that kind of stuff. He also, from what I saw on some of the newer videos, has this capability to really push the uh, the crowbar style, really deep scream style vocal, which I really like, as well as pulling the uh, the clean vocals off too. So Reno, I'm curious. Reno, uh, Actually, when you're actually kind of live in, you know, in the practice room or, or, or on stage, probably the closest that he really does sound like growling is actually Randy Blythe. He's oh, okay, yeah. close to Randy Blythe, which is very we weren't expecting that when we got him, but it was a it was a brilliant bonus. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious to see, you know, now that you've got uh, uh, this new vocalist involved in obviously in, in the new material that's coming out, what direction that helps shape it as well. That'll be uh, really cool to look forward to. Yeah, well, so you and me both. Fingers crossed, we don't fuck it up. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? I don't think you'll fuck it up. So, uh, you guys have uh, over the years, you've played some pretty epic shows. Uh, you did the uh, Infernal Damnation Festival with Napalm Death, which is fucking epic, and also Hammerfest with uh, Opeth, Paradise Lost, Sepultura, and Saxon, which that's awesome too. So, what do you think's your favorite show you've played so far? You've played quite a few. The Hammerfest one. That that was <clears throat> just for no reason just actually feel like a real rock star just for a weekend was awesome just to be able to just so huge yeah yeah yeah. i mean multiple stages big bands um and and yeah we were opening up on on the smaller stages didn't care we were there we were mixing with the big boys and and just because we were on the stages um you know opening up the stages there was still an awesome crowd there it was, it's still to this day one of the best crowd response we've ever had brilliant yeah so now that you've had the taste of that, uh, do you still like to do the the small intimate shows where the where the fans are right up in your face as you're playing? The, the, the small intimate shows that that's our bread and butter. That's 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 what bands of our real used to. That's where you you, you sweat it out and, and get right down with people. Um, but certainly, no, no, throw us on a table with a, a thousand people in front of us, and boy, five five happy boys. So uh, why don't you do me a favor and name me? Let's let's pick a, a favorite tune that you like to play off each of the LPs. You personally, <coughs> favorite track off, off each of the albums. All right. Um, yeah. Oh, bu- 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 okay. Well, right. Probably the first album. I'll probably say "Talons and Days," which was the opening track. Um, okay. Um, we've got a video for In the Wake of Morning, which we still play that to this day live because that's 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 a brilliant song. Um, but I, I, there's something about towns. It, it was a way to open our recording career. It, it got speed, it got melody, and it kind of had everything. As you said, the, the slightly mixed up arrangement. It's kind of got everything we kind of liked and kind of stand by. Um, what have we got? Uh, Rise of the Black Angel. Let's have a look. What do I? Oh, God. See, I haven't listened to Black Angel in, oh, in probably like a, a year or so. And it was only when 
um, I was I was chatting with my mutual good friend, Mr. Chris Heaps and Heaps of Metal. And oh yeah, Chris. Chris Shout has out to really Chris got Heap. into this album. He's really loving this album. And I I, I thought well, I've, and I sent him a copy. And I thought I better just check the disc works before I send it to him. It'd be a bit embarrassing to send him a what basically a, <laughs> basically a, a, a beer mat, and it doesn't actually work. And I through, and I thought I can't believe how good how good these songs are. Um, oh, <clears throat> see the blackest with um, Angel Makers, which is like the first on the album. Again, that's another we still play live. That that's usually what we open our sets with up to this point is Angel Makers. It's awesome intro song. Um, but you've got the implosion. Um, that's a that's a stonking. That was a real wrist killer. That was playing that one live. That was you, you knew you'd played that that one. Um, I'd probably say probably Bones of Jerusalem is also. Um, probably one of my favourites. It's probably one of the heavier songs we've done. A um, little bit of a kind of Pantera-type type groove. Um, yeah. Um, and as, as far as the last album, Evolutions, um, there's so much good stuff on there, but it's actually easy. I can pick the title track at the end, Evolutions End. Um, probably of all the songs I've ever written, I'm probably the most proud of that one so much going on with it um yeah i uh i was listening to ghost beneath the skin just before we got on as i was preparing kind of the the final the final tidbits here for our conversation yeah and i really love how that song has the really cool kind of harmony stuff with the syncopated rhythm in the background i was like oh that's so fucking heavy <laughs> taking guitar music that's not necessarily when you think of harmony rhythms and leads you don't think of heavy but then you throw that rhythm in the background with the the cool chunky syncopated stuff and it just makes it sound fucking heavy so i absolutely love that track so thank you well again that that's been a regular of the live set as well that's that's probably one of the more complicated technical songs we've kind of there's, there's a lot going on there finger wise but it, it's 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 yeah. beautiful to play live it's brilliant yeah very very technical in fact a lot of your stuff i i would consider it to be very melodic and very technical. So I guess that's kind of what makes it stand out is that it's just so covers so many different facets. Um, and it's got uh, something for everybody, which is great. I mean, I, I would say what we were saying about how, how things kind of morph and change, um, as, as the songs go, um, I got slash to God, which is track five. Now on the album, it sounds cool. It's okay. I like it. Don't mind it. But we've had a thing of, we, we played, Live to start with, just to kind of, we thought it'd be a cool one to play because you start with a clean, and it's a variation live. You're not just got the full tilt on the whole time that song. It kind of starts off, builds and builds and builds. That's become probably one of the, the the finest songs we've got live. On on album, it's cool. On live, it's absolutely devastating live. It's I, it's one of those mysteries that when you'd heard it recorded, you never think that would be like one of the greatest ones live. You'd probably think it's one of the faster ones or the that one absolutely stuns especially we um myself and dale play um um twin lead on 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 that solo live yeah yeah very very queens reiki i I love that yeah exactly there's not many people do like twin lead stuff you know anymore and so to be able to do that 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 kind of raises a few eyebrows and people kind of oh usually we kind of say if we haven't won people over by the time it gets to to ghosts um sorry by um to slave in the, the time I get to that one and people won over. Yeah. And so you're saying that playing uh, Slave Master God live takes it to the next level versus just what it sounds like on the album. <laughs> takes it to the next level, but it, it's just a whole different beast live to what it is on the album. And just for whatever reason, that that verse kicks in and you can, whether it's just because it's it's down a notch from all the furious speed that's gone on with some of the other songs, it, that, that verse riff has got a great, Megadeth groove to it and you can look out of the audience as that verse riff kicks in and you can see if the heads haven't been banging by that point you can you can see hardcore fans are going to stood there with their arms crossed going oh, I'm not convinced suddenly that one kicks in and they're like oh shit my neck's going I can't stop it <laughs> it's like yeah we got you yeah, we get gotcha you gotcha motherfuckers yeah <laughs> So, uh, well, I was going to ask you what's next for uh, 13th Sign, but I already know what's next because we dropped that bomb uh, a few minutes ago with with the new uh, upcoming concept album. Do you guys have any uh, killer shows lined up in the meantime? We've got no shows planned at the minute. Again, it's just focusing on 
on the recording, getting practice. We've still got one more song to kind of get through um, and sort out the tidbits for it. But other than that, it's just kind of learning as much as we can, ready for going in the studio. Um, it, it's a mammoth amount of time. Um, there's a lot of songs on it. There was a few concerns at one point. <laughs> are we actually going to actually get this physically onto a CD? Because it was about 80 minutes or something. Yeah. For a CD. And we were actually thinking, are we actually going to squeeze this on? There's so much stuff. And because it's the concept, there's so much in the story, so much you've got to get in. You can you can only edit down and limit so much without taking away from the musicality and what makes the song. So that's been quite a thing. So there's a lot of material that's got to be learned and practiced, and that's basically just where our head is at the minute now, is just focusing on it. We should be starting mid-February, start recording the drums mid-February. So we ain't got that. Oh, wow. That seems a few months away, but that's going to fly by real quick. That's going to come by real quick, absolutely. And, and then once you're in there, I've got a clue what we're doing at the minute. That's going to be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think is going to be the the turnaround time? If you start in February, how long does it take you guys to record a, a typical album? Um, uh, 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 thing is, this isn't going to be a typical album, so it's so difficult to kind of gauge. Uh, I'd, I'd like to say a timeline, but we haven't got a clue. Let's be honest. Not even a guess. Not so, even yep, a guess. Just going to have to. Uh, recording, uh, recording, and writing process drags on. So you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to rush it. it it's we, you know, we've hang on this long, and yeah, we desperately want to get it fit. Um, we definitely want to get it out there as quick as we can. But there's no point rushing it and, and making a, a half-assed job of it at this point. They've waited this long. Let's do the. Well, uh, so that's something that we definitely have to look forward to. Now, you and I talked a little bit earlier when you asked me about the Vinny interview with the little game I like to play <laughs> called This or That. Yeah, yeah, sure did. <laughs> so I've got a few for you, and oh, uh, let's okay. see if these are going to be ones that uh, I can make you <laughs> understand what the hell I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I think these are these are probably a little more specific to you. Okay. So uh, we'll start off with an easy one. Fish and chips or bangers and mash? Bangers and mash. <laughs> bangers and mash. Yeah. Gotta love it. Well, at least, at least right. you know what you're talking about. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a chef by, by trade. That's my day job, so. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> uh, all right. Soccer or football? Uh, well, I mean, football's a daft name for NFL because there's very little feet involved. But, right. Um, yeah, I, I loved soccer when I was a kid, but long NFL and other same to be fair, our, our ex-bass player, um, Nat. So Nat's a big Giants fan, so so we get together regular and watch games. So NFL, no question. So NFL it is. Awesome. Monty Python or Red Dwarf? Monty Python. Oh, yeah. Well, they kind of started it all, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. How about Black Adder or Mr. Bean? Black Adder. Though Mr. Black Be- Adder. Mr. Bean's brilliantly funny as well, but yeah, Black Adder is very clever. Yeah, I, I was a huge fan of Rowan Atkinson from the time I was a little kid, and I prefer Blackadder as well, but Mr. Bean really took that physical comedy to the next level with very little talking. It was all body language it's and all emotes. Yeah, and, it's brilliant. There's hardly any words involved. To be able to keep you so entertained and, and, and in hysterics for that long with virtually nothing said is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, all right, getting into the music. At the Gates or Arch Enemy? Oh, at the gate. Oh, what happened? Ah, oh, nah. Now you see, you've got me on a thing here. Now you see, at, right. <laughs> right. This, this. So at the gates, I love Slaughter of the Soul, but to me, they're a, they're a bit of a one trick pony. Slaughter okay. of the Soul is probably my second greatest album of all time. And I've got, what was the album after Slaughter of the Soul? It was, oh, oh, shit, can't remember it. But, Slaughter of the Soul, that's, that's awesome, incredible, beyond anything else. The rest of that, the game kind of leaves me cold. Um, uh-huh. Whereas you've got Arch Enemy, I'd say each album, a couple of great songs on, but the rest of it's just filler. So, oh, oh uh, I'll say at the gates of Slaughter of right. the Soul. But... Uh, okay. Napalm Death or Carcass? Carcass. Just, yeah. just, because, just because the, 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 the melodic hint and uh, Surgical Still was was awesome album. That was such a good comeback album. Yeah, and you know what's funny about that album is that was probably one that they took the most shit for 
um, just from the the critics and whatnot. But production wise and uh, song crafting, I, that album is just epic. I find Surgical Steel sounds like what I remembered Heartwork to be. But then going back and listening to Heartwork, I find Heartwork a lot slower. And so yeah. I, after that, I think, I'd, actually, well, I think I prefer Surgical Steel. So I can't see why the critics slam that. But there we go. Yeah. Funny beast. All right. Uh, Nevermore or Queensryche? Now, you know how I mentioned one hit wonder? <laughs> Queensryche is the same thing for me. Now, Lloyd is absolutely going to be bellowing at the speakers if he's listening to this. Lloyd, <laughs> Lloyd adores He loves Queensryche. Now, for me, Operation Mindcrime, greatest album ever written, period. Hence why, and Lloyd, yep. Lloyd, Lloyd's very much with Operation Mindcrime as well. But the rest right. of their stuff, there's bits of Empire I like. There's some bits previous album I like. Um, but if I'm honest, the rest of Queen's Rock doesn't really do a lot for me. Even the newer albums, again, there's a couple of cool songs, but generally doesn't do it for me. Nevermore, I probably do find a lot more enjoyable as a whole. Um, but if I'm honest, if you want to go back, I'd probably prefer say Sanctuary if we're talking the world. Yeah. I love uh, the first love two Sanctuary, and they were just phenomenal. Mirror Black was just astounding. Yeah, well, and of course they're from my neck of the woods, exactly. so they're their hometown here. Well, and so is Queensrÿche. So two yeah. bands in that industry that are that are very near and dear to uh, to the Seattle scene, anyways. Yeah, sure. But I definitely I hear a lot of of that uh, when I listen to your guys' stuff melodically, the dual leads, the layering, kind of reminiscent of both. Um, of course, you put your own twist on it, but uh, that definitely made me nostalgic for for that kind of stuff when I was listening to your CDs. So, yeah, yeah, cool. All right, well, last last one: Seahawks or Patriots? <laughs> Is that a serious question, Mike? Really? <laughs> Oh, oh no, it's kind of a serious question, but I, I know that you're a Seahawks fan now. Yeah, yeah, that's you're going to go bit Seahawks. Of an easy one. Thing is, it, every, you could ask any team other than a Patriots fan. You know what the answer is going to be, right? Yeah, not the. Patriots. I was hoping you wouldn't just pull out the Patriots out of your ass just to fuck with me, but uh... <laughs> uh, there's plenty of things I could pull out of my ass. But to be fair, I could probably be sticking the Patriots up my ass, but that's about it. Yeah, right. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, awesome. So, uh, where in the world can all of the podcast land people find your music, find your merch? How do they connect with you guys? Uh, okay. Um, well, you can find us on Facebook, Thirteenth Sign Official. Um, if any of your lovely listeners uh, want to get hold of a copy of the albums, you can probably find them on Amazon, eBay. They'll all be there. You can get them no problem. Um, there's various. We're on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud. There'll be a little tidbits to listen to. YouTube. We'll be there. Um, just hope everyone who listens gives it a try and enjoys it. Awesome. I don't think that that will be a problem, you guys. Check out 13th Sign. I promise you won't be disappointed. Listen to all the albums. There's something for everybody. And if you like metal, then this is metal at its best. So, Chris, thank you today for joining me on Misery Point Radio, and I appreciate you hanging out and giving me some of your time. And I look forward to checking out what you guys got coming down the pike. So, thank you so much, Mike. Awesome. Cheers, buddy. And cheers to all of you for hanging out with me on this last episode of the year for Misery Point Radio. I appreciate you all so much, you don't even know. And I want to give a huge shout out to the immensely talented members of 13th Sign. Y'all are setting the bar really fucking high, and I can't wait to hear your new material next year. And as always, if you like what I'm doing here on Misery Point Radio, please subscribe to the show. Like it, share it, check it out on all the platforms. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, iTunes, wherever podcasts are found. And now, let's check out one more song from 13th Sign off the album Evolution's End. This one is called Slave Master God. Check it out. Skeletons of infrastructure
Salvation. 